Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week on this show, we discuss a movie, and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hello. Aaron Caldwell. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. Uh, this week we are discussing the movie Violet and Daisy. It was Christine's suggestion. Um, but first we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Aaron, what have you been watching lately? Uh, recently I have been watching the show Prodigal Son, which just returned. Uh, really? <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're done. We're done. No, I, I, I really enjoy that show. The, the cast has a lot of chemistry and, and it's pretty good. Um, watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, tried to tried to binge uh, Kong and Godzilla as many times as I could before it left uh, HBO Max, and uh, that's about it, man. All right, Josh, how about you? Uh, well, I watched um, the first episode of a new uh, Aust- Australian God. I can't say Australian Australian sitcom uh, called Why Are You Like This. Um, it's very almost always sunny in Philadelphia kind of uh, vibe to it. It's just three horrible Seinfeldian people uh, living their lives in Melbourne and uh, screwing other people over as much as humanly possible. Um, there's a, a drag queen named Paddington Bearback in the first episode. So uh, if that's your uh, level of humor, which it, it is mine, uh, you can, you'll probably enjoy this. It's uh, tangentially related to the Auntie Donna people, but they're not in it or anything. Oh, uh, and thank God. Yeah, it's not as wacky as that. It's more narrative. Uh, these aren't sketches or anything. Um, anyway, but I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going to keep watching that, I think. And, um, also watched a 1970s movie called, uh, Cockfighter. So feel free to bring on the jokes, boys. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this low, was low uh, hanging fruit, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, too easy, but the, yeah, uh, it's about a, uh, uh, a cockfighter a guy who, you know, takes his cock around and fights with his cock. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> From town to town, <laughs> and uh, uh, but he doesn't. Sorry, Christine, uh, the, you're here with the guys now, yeah. and we're so sorry. I apologize in advance for everything that's about to happen. It's a dick um, joke, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, he doesn't talk. The main character doesn't talk, um, and it's it, again Warren Oates, and this was directed by Monty Hellman in honor of his uh, in memoriam for him a few uh, passing away a few weeks ago. And um, uh, Ed Bagley Jr. is in it. A very, very young Ed Bagley Jr. Um, we yeah, just saw yeah, him. If you want to see him in overalls, get into a fist fight. Um, <laughs> go, go see this movie. Um, also, it's very. Uh, it's got real cockfighting scenes in it. So it was. It's been. <laughs> I can't. When you say it, I just can't think anything other than penises. <laughs> aggressively hurting each other there are there are very few penises hurting each other in this movie i would say close to none um 
maybe a half, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's got but so it's got a lot of animal cruelty in it though. So if you're you're not down with that, don't watch this movie. Uh, I am not down with it, but uh, it was a fascinating watch. Um, also, Harry Dean Stanton uh, plays a pretty big part in it too. If you like his stuff, so yeah, uh, why are you like this and Cockfighter? Those are my recommendations. Nice. Well, hopefully it's not as bad as uh, like Cannibal Holocaust or something like that. <laughs> right. Oof. Yeah. No. No ingested. Uh, cox. Although they do threaten no to eat one of the cocks, cocks later. Yeah, that's but, true. Okay, there it is. <laughs> oh, and the jokes continue to write themselves. You just put that cock in your mouth. Zach, how about you? Uh, some television I have been watching. Um, let's see. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead. So, you know, still on that train, Dale. Uh, I, I haven't got off those Walking Dead trains yet. Hooray. Yeah, he loves it. Um, yeah, not a whole lot no going way. on there. They have a new baddie. They got a new baddie, guys. There's the, It's the new Negan. Um, you know, so that's... If that's yeah, my new name for you. that is The Walking Slow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. What are you gonna do? To each their own. <laughs> um, I uh, with season three of Manifest, um, which is on NBC, I believe. Yeah, uh, we're watching that on Peacock. Um, uh, God, the cocks are just coming out today with the everything. Put those um, away, boys. <laughs> we can't Put them away. Put them away. <laughs> um, yeah, season three of Manifest. It's it's good. You know, I mean, like it's not necessarily the best show ever, but I'm still interested enough that I'm hoping it goes down a, a path that I would like for it to go down. Right now, it's very religiousy in a way that I'm not a big fan of on certain shows. Um, but I'm thinking there's a there's a deeper meaning behind it, or like a kind of like a bait and switch on it. So uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, getting into that, and then. Um, Masked Singer season five, Game Changer. Um, so <laughs> is it oh, Dale? No. Just, Dale just lost it. What, what is a game changer um, about? Oh. I don't know, but they say it about a hundred times every episode. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm like, that's what's so funny because it's like that's their thing. It's, the tagline is season five, Game Changer. Uh, anywho, um. I think we have one episode left to find out who is the mass singer, whatever. I don't know why. I keep watching this show and I don't know why, but uh, I, I torture myself with it. So, you know, it's a good time. All right. Well, um, still on my my rewatching of, of Joe Bob movies. Um, and uh, the other night I watched the Halloween Hootenanny, which is Halloween's one, four and five. Uh, he hosts those and uh, it's a very interesting selection because you have the first one, which is great and amazing. You have the fourth one, which is the third one with Michael Myers and it's pretty good. And then you have the fifth one, which is probably the worst one that there is. Um, at least of those three that, Hmm. And and so he kind of ends you on a downer uh, with five because it's it's pretty pretty rotten. So, um, but all three of those are still up on Shutter. They still have the rights. So if you want to binge some binge some horror with Joe Bob, that's that's there for you. 
Do we all have a favorite worst Halloween? Can we all say what that is? <laughs> I don't know the Halloween movies as well as like I know Friday the 13th a bit better. Aaron knows. Aaron Aaron's ready. This is this is let's me. Agree, this Aaron. is my time. Yeah, let's see if we agree. Okay, um I mean Halloween 1 is phenomenal. Like you, you it, it's really hard to beat that. I think H2O is probably the best sequel out of all of those storyline-wise until they retcon it in Halloween Resurrection, um, which is the worst Halloween ever, if you were looking yes. for that. Uh, Halloween Resurrection has Busta Rhymes beating Michael Myers in a kung fu fight. Oh, yes. Okay. Like, that's all you need to know. <laughs> There's, I did I did um, know about that, that... I just blocked it from my brain for some reason. (laughs) Halloween six is a lot of people's least favorite. And that's because there's two very different versions of it. There's the producer's cut, which is what they originally planned on doing when Donald Pleasance died, um, which caused a massive reshoot. and, And they had to create almost an entirely different movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, mostly stay away from Halloween Resurrection and you're fine. The The Rob Zombie movies are a bit mixed reception. All right. Christine, how about you? Lately, I have been watching uh, also an Australian show. Uh, it's uh, Josh Thomas's uh, Please Like Me. I watched the first season of that. Uh very good so far. Um, and then I watched, um, on your recommendation, Dale, I watched over the weekend Mayhem. And oh, good. I really enjoyed watching that. So good wreck. It's a good one. You know, there have been two mentions of Australia films in this movie, <laughs> in this podcast so far. And nobody has been given shit, but you bring one picnic at Hanging Rock. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to forget picnic at Hanging Rock. I, 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 wasn't here I for feel that. like I'm still watching it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in that weird time warp in the middle of whatever, you know. So, no uh, well, Christine suggested our movie this week. It was Violet and Daisy. Um, had any of us seen it before? Aaron had negative. Okay. Um, I hadn't seen it before. Um, and I had problems with this movie. Um, it's not, it's not bad. Um, but it's got some issues. Um, I think it is trying a little too hard to be like a Tarantino style um you know or something like four rooms has kind of that same feel of like let's put silly dialogue in and let's have them dress up as nuns and deliver pizza to shoot things and um i felt like all of that was just really try hard and not very necessary to the story um i think they could have done without a lot of that it just it just seemed like you know seemed like it didn't really fit with what they were doing, what they were going for. Um, but you know, if, if you're trying to do that bubblegum uh, style, 
thing, then maybe there's better ways to do it than that. Um, I got to liking the movie a lot better the more James Gandolfini was in it. Um, I felt like he had an actual character <laughs> as opposed to the other two who are just kind of like they have motivations and they're kind of at odds, but don't realize that the other one knows that they're at odds with each other. And like, he kind of pulls that out of them. Um, so he sort of becomes, you know, not, not the protagonist, but like a sort of central hub of information. Like the things that they're telling him are things that we need to know as an audience, um, to enjoy it. Um, that, uh, that first, that first shootout scene, uh, apparently Michael Myers was, was one of the guys in there because they shoot him like 300 times, um, <laughs> before he finally goes down. And then another guy walks out like, want some more? Well, half of them were blanks. Remember? Yeah. Which we find out later. So yeah. Um, and then, um, my other like, like moment of like, I don't know if I like this or I think this is, this is dumb was the internal bleeding dance. It was like another one of these just like, really? We're doing this now? Um, she's going to take a shower on top of some guy's face? Like, okay. Um, just there was something about it that I, I think I think my problem is with tone. I think the tone is all over the place with this where it's goofy and silly and then it's serious and then it can't quite pull itself back back together again to make something cohesive um, at the ending of it. Um, I thought of a bunch of similar stuff to it that I would recommend. Um, but this one is why I probably wouldn't, uh, wouldn't go for again. Uh, Josh, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of your points. Um, especially that opening scene, uh, with the with the two the nuns with the pizza boxes walking up the hallway telling a joke it was straight out of pulp fiction yeah the yeah um so at first i'm like okay this is going to be like a tarantino-y kind of vibe okay i'm into it and then wes anderson starts showing up all <laughs> over the place yeah uh which which is a little weird to me i was like because those two tones like you said don't really balance each other one is and with Tarantino, it's already you're homaging something in a Tarantino movie. So to homage an homage, you're going to get like a Xerox of a Xerox. You're going to get less right. uh, when you come back to it. I also agree that the two main, that Violet and Daisy are not very well formed characters. The actresses are great, I think. I think sure. they do a great job with what they've got to deal with. I think the script is underbaked with them. Gandolfini, even if you just looked at his stuff on paper, I think is probably not a really oh, yeah. well-written role. But he really brings the heat, though, uh, acting-wise, and uh, I think grounds the whole thing. Like you were saying, those are those are the best parts of the movie. I think are the parts with him interacting with them and pulling the character work out of them and everything. And yeah, um, there there are parts that are whimsical parts that did pull me straight out of the movie, like the the dream sequence. Well, the dream sequence, the big sign being painted in the alley that was like the hardware stores around the corner uh, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, but you're dealing with like a post 
rape trauma like right before that so yeah it's the whiplash of that kind of um you know aren't we in a fantasy world but then there's these really horrible things it's like two directors like fighting over what the tone of the movie's gonna be exactly yeah yeah that that's a good way to put it um but i feel like at the core of this is a a good idea of a movie probably, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, and like I said, the performances I had no problems with at all. Um, yeah, it just felt, it did feel a little scattered to me, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who exactly I would recommend it to, except for like Gandolfini fans, Gandalf fanatics. I don't know what they call <laughs> themselves, but G- Gandalfonians, Gandalfonians. There we are. Uh, yeah. Um, if you're a completist, then you really need to see this because I think it is a really great performance by him. Um, sorry he had to go out on it, but yeah, the yeah. scenes with him are great. So, Zach, how about you? I really enjoyed it. I think that uh, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, but definitely, um, I, I can see the you know the points that you guys both made and. You know, can be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm obviously just watching it from different perspectives and whatnot. But uh, the from the first scene right out of the gate, um, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And I do agree that there were a lot of different tones and levels to it. You know, it was kind of going one way or the other way. I would say my probably my biggest qualm with it was that the ending just doesn't stick. And like, kind of Dale, what you were saying is that, um, you know, like by the time they they've gotten all over the place, they get to this ending and it's kind of like, I can't really pull it back together. So I think like story-wise, plot-wise, yeah, of course she goes, she, she uh, finds the daughter, she gives her the stuff, you know, things like that. Um, but just uh, in general, I really enjoyed, um, you know, a lot of the dialogue, the chemistry, the scene work, um, you know, yeah, there was some definitely some some things there with like, where they talk about the dumpster stuff and the guys, he's like, you know, do you think she really just got shoved in a dumpster? And then she has the interaction with the guys again. And so there's, there's a lot of, you know, um, ambiguity to it all. Um, and then um, with the whimsical stuff, there was some things where I, I think we didn't get enough explanation like her plane stuff. Cause she's walking down the street, she hopscotch and then the cloud passes by what she thinks is a plane and then later she goes into this dream sequence with the plane and Sorcerer Ronan's character is a stewardess and she's looking for Rose. We didn't really get a lot about Rose. So, you know, the film's yeah, like Rose what? was her and, old partner. Yeah. Yeah. The film was like an hour and a half long, roughly. Yeah. Um, I could have used more. I think I, I could have used more a little bit and I could have also watched either one way or the other way, either the more of like the crazy fun, like give me more of that up top, um, you know, just the the Tarantino-ness and then, or go more into the story and give me more plot and give me more character and give me more depth. That's the direction um, I would have preferred is yeah. if it had been more serious. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like I said, overall, like I really enjoyed it. I, I, and this is actually prop. I don't really care for Sorcerer Ronan just like haven't really <laughs> Aaron is just befuddled. He's like, I no. Um, like I didn't really care for Ladybird, and I didn't uh, I just haven't really enjoyed much I've seen her in. I really liked her in this. I thought that she was probably for me at least the standout. Like everyone's acting was really good. James Gandolfini was was great with what he was had to work with, but like she just really nailed it for me in this one, and I really enjoyed watching her in this film. Okay. 
Aaron, how about you? <laughs> I like this movie. It's really fun to watch. Um, it, I enjoy pretty much everything. Four-time Academy Award-nominated actress Saoirse Ronan is in, <laughs> Zach. Um, so... Oh yeah, like, lean on the Academy as the arbiters of good taste. Five British Academy Film Awards. What do well, you want, Aaron? What well, name? Name something else that maybe I haven't seen her in that I might like her in. See Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I haven't Brooklyn. seen Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn's I'll, I'll good. Watch, Mary Queen that. of Scots. Byzantium was good. Um, she even made she even made Hannah watchable. Um, oh, that's right. She's in uh, it's the, the film version of Hannah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that. Were you okay. on, didn't we record an episode on Byzantium? Yes, yeah, we, did. we did. I wasn't on that. Uh, one. Okay, that was that was my that was my suggestion. I it's one of my favorite movies. Um, this this movie was very strange. It was like watching somebody who had once watched a Tarantino movie and was like, "Yeah, I can do that too." Um, I'm not a huge Tarantino fan by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, he still managed to kind of fail at it. That being said, I thought the performances of this movie pulled it above the writing and the directing. Uh, it, it was very scattershot, but Jesus, they were captivating. Especially when um, Alexis Bledel, and I, I think that's how her name is pronounced, and Saoirse Ronan... Uh, are just like they're in the middle of a scene and then it cuts kind of far away and they're like playing patty cake and shit like that. It was very insane, but so fun. Um, it's hard to see James Gandolfini this at the end of his career. He looked so tired. He still gave a captivating performance, but gosh, he just like, he really dialed in the I'm on my final day stuff. And, and it kind of makes you wonder, but, uh, it, it is a movie I very much enjoy and people, I, I, I think people should watch it. Okay. Fair enough. Well, it's tradition on the show uh, to say, what the hell, Christine, why did we watch Violet and Daisy? So I had watched this movie like around the time it came out, maybe a few years, a year or two after, because uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, it's James Gandolfini's last film. I have to watch James Gandolfini's last film. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And I, at that time, had not seen The Sopranos. I didn't grow up with cable or anything. So I was like, okay. Sure. Um, First thing I ever saw him in. Loved it. Um, I grew up uh, watching Alexis Bledel and Gilmore Girls, so it's like, okay, great performance by her. And then I had seen uh, Saoirse Ronan in Lovely Bones, and she was really good in that. And I loved the movie the first watch through, and then when thinking about watching it again I was like okay don't really remember a whole lot about this except for they're killers and they're going to kill James Gandolfini so I went and watched it and I got that same feeling about the two 
like it feels like different directors and everything. The two tones, yeah. Yeah, the two tones. And uh, so I did some research on it and um, apparently he wanted to make it like a parody of a Tarantino film. Like that's just ridiculous. Like you can't parody <laughs> a Tarantino film. Not successfully, um, and if no. and if that's what he's going for, that's probably what I was picking up on was like yeah the unsuccessful exactly. attempt exactly. Um, and then I found out that uh, the guy, the writer for the film, uh, he also wrote the screenplay for Precious. Uh huh. How they these are very different screenplays, but it was his first film that he. An only full-length film that he directed, so he was the writer hmm. and the director, but this is the only one that he's ever directed. Yeah, this feels to me very much like a stage play that was made into a film. Like you can kind of see it in your head that it's just like it's basically just Ga- James Gandolfini's house, and people come in and out of it and do scenes with him. Um, the whole movie could be shot in that apartment. Uh, or, you know, the whole play could take place in that apartment and it would still absolutely work. Um, so. They actually did turn it into a play. Oh, okay. Yeah. That probably was, that's probably <laughs> enjoyable because it won't have all the insane Tarantino action schlock stuff that they were trying to pull off everywhere else. So, but um, I have to say, so. The movie that th- there were a couple of things that came to mind when I was watching this that I was like, well, if you like this or if you didn't like this and you want something similar, um, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, one of them is the movie Bound um, with Jennifer Tilly and uh, Gina Gershon. Uh, it is the movie that the. Uh, Wachowski's made before they made the matrix and it's fantastic. Um, Joey pants is in it. Um, another Sopranos guy, uh, and Joey pants and Jennifer Tilly are a couple, but, uh, Gina Gershon is, uh, trying to seduce Jennifer Tilly and all of his money away from them. Um, great movie. Another one that like mostly just takes place in a, in an apartment and the power you know, keeps shifting from one character to another as who has the upper hand. Um, that that's just a great movie in general. Um, I got a little bit of Leon, the professional out of this, um, which is another fantastic movie to go and watch. And then specifically the whole young girls being killers thing. And some of the humor of the movie, There is a series on Netflix called Teenage Bounty Hunters, which is actually pretty darn hilarious. Um, It gets dark, but it's always funny. Uh, The tone, the tone always stays funny, but they are, they, they are teenage bounty hunters. Um, They, they kind of blackmail this guy into letting them work for them. And he sort of has some power over them too. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's a very interesting, funny, like, here's some high school girls that are, like, looking into finding people, so. 
not necessarily in the same ballpark, but I think like kind of John Wick, um, you know, essence there with the uh, assassin stuff and, you know, other assassins or other groups or whatever, um, kind of like, you know, oh, we might have started a turf war, you know, kind of thing was yeah. like well, in John Wick, like you get to see the turf <laughs> war. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are some good suggestions, though. There were a couple movies that it reminded me of. Uh, it's they're they're really on the opposite end of the spectrum from one another. One is uh, one we recently did here called Thoroughbreds. Um, I was getting that vibe immediately. Um, yeah, but then it was like, okay, it's not really. It's just it just happens to have two young girls as the leads in it. So, and just how awkward the girls were in this movie kind of reminded me of ghost world i can see that so well it is uh aaron's turn to choose a movie aaron what have you selected for us to watch next i found this movie a couple years ago i really enjoy it it also stars uh two two young girls um really good chemistry uh it is called tragedy girls Okay. All right. Well, we'll check that one out next. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for participating in our discussion here on Violet and Daisy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.